Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelance issues one episode at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I run The Wheel Exists, a Squarespace web design and training business. My name's Michelle Pratt, I'm the owner of Dive Deeper Development, and I run a personal development coaching and training business. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about ch-ch-ch-changes. I'm so glad you sung that because I was going to offer to sing it and then it was like, uh, no, I'm so glad I'm not doing it. We can't afford the the rights. So, you know, you've got got (laughs) Katie's cover version. And so we're talking about dealing with change quite specifically in this episode. Um, So as as freelancers, we're in quite a unique position, really, to be able to, to kind of pivot and make changes quite quickly and dynamically to our business. But then we need to be able to deal with the impacts of change or also the impacts of like uncertainty as well, but also deal with what happens if the change isn't our choice. And we may be dropping the B word at various points during this episode. Yeah. Hopefully at some point in the future, Brexit will be sorted and then people are like, what are they talking about? So maybe yeah. people listen to, so maybe this is this in 20, 30 years time. This may seem irrelevant. So Michelle, change. Yes. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it what we make of it? Yeah. What is it? I tell you what it is. It's inevitable, isn't it? It's it's the only the, the they talk about the, you know the only certainties of life are death and taxes. I I would add change to that. I think no matter what happens, the world is constantly moving. It's constantly turning and it's constantly changing. So as freelancers, sometimes you know as you say, we have the freedom to make choices, which is one of the great things for us in terms of the way we manage our business. But the world around us is changing as well, and quite often we have to we have to adapt and flex to changes very quickly. So I think change is on the whole very good. I ask this in people, I, I ask people this a lot in workshops and they always say, oh no, we love change, change is great. And they're absolutely right because they're looking at it after the fact going, actually that worked out pretty well, but it's easy <laughs> after the fact to forget that at the time it felt pretty tumultuous. That's not a word I pronounce very often, but yeah, it, it feels it feels rocky at the time, I think. That is such a good point actually, because yeah, like, I mean, even just if you think about when something, someone like Facebook or Instagram, when they make even what's a relatively small change to the platform and people are up in arms and, and they're like, they're, I can't use it anymore. It's terrible. And then, yeah, once they've got used to it, they're like, can't, you kind of can't remember even what it was like before. And, you know, with technology that happens all the time, you know, when, when, uh, when Apple first announced they were going to make iPhones after they'd made the iPods, Everyone was like, ha, 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 this is so ridiculous. And now, obviously, you, know, you can't imagine a world without iPhones. Um, and even like, the, you know, the AirPods that they make now, it's like, everyone was like, oh, they're just, you know, they're taking away the headphones socket. It's ridiculous. Whereas now the like, little AirBud things, it's much more common. So it's like, the, yeah, the fear of, the fear of change and then the reality of change is sometimes quite different. Yeah, it's another one that comes up in, in workshops that we do with managers. The change beforehand is almost always seen as negatively. So human beings are naturally risk averse. So when you tell people that there's going to be a change or there's a prospect to change on the horizon, our initial reaction is to protect what we have and to um, to perceive change as potentially being bad. And although we might see some opportunities that normally you get a little bit of people worrying about what that means for them. But on the whole, after the fact, we tend to just accept 
it as a new normal. It's funny you were saying that, Katie. I was just thinking back to Facebook, people getting up in arms when social media accounts change their style. I just remember the very first incarnation of Facebook I used, it said, what is Michelle up today? And it kind of pre-filled it and said, Michelle is. And I had friends that were writing about themselves in the third person. It's like, please stop. Even when they took the feature away, they're still talking about themselves in the third person. Yeah, I've noticed (laughs) that, yeah. (laughs) So not all change is bad. That's what I'm saying despite that so yeah exactly and I think um I guess maybe some freelancers are more resilient to to change because some people probably become freelance as a result of change you know like you Michelle you obviously um were made redundant so that was a big change for you that then and then decide you know took some time to decide what you're going to focus on so it's kind of a lot of change all at once I think for a lot of freelancers going even just the act of going freelance and we talked about you know a few episodes ago we talked about what advice we'd give to ourselves on day one of going freelance and actually that is like a really scary and overwhelming time in a way because it is such a change to the structure if you've gone from a kind of more traditional nine-to-five or corporate job that is a, a lot to deal with so by being freelance you've already dealt with a lot of change so you know know that you can deal with it as a freelancer because you probably have yeah definitely i think a real skill a skill freelance though katie is the ability to to predict change isn't it is that ability to be able to see it over the horizon because we said change is is certain so i think how can we predict change then Like, like like you were saying about kind of seeing it coming and that's something that we did mention in the previous episode as well when we're talking about being overwhelmed and being snowed under one of the things we said was try and anticipate it if there's going to be a change to how your you know work's going to be coming in and stuff but so how let's look at that in a bit more detail how can we predict change yeah so assuming you don't have a crystal ball and if you do (laughs) i would like to i'd like to have a go on it and, and learn the lottery numbers but um assuming you don't have a crystal ball then there are still things you can do i mean nobody really knows what's going to happen in in the future but there are certain things we can do as freelancers to do it and i think that what we really need to be good at is you know, as, as tempting as it is to get your head in the day to day, just delivering to clients, doing what you've always done, just working hard, we do have to lift our head up and, and scan the horizon. And um, a really good tool for this, if you've not come across it, is, is kind of to, to do a kind of pestle ana- analysis. Some people call it pestle, some people call it pestles, I'm not too bothered what you call it, um, but it's a pr- pretty standard one we use on management workshops. If you've ever been on a management programme uh, or a development programme at work, you know, you've probably come across it i was testing katie earlier katie had heard of it as well and you remembered what they stood for as well yeah so it's so let let me see if i can get it right again so it's so it's p-e-s-t-l-e is how i write it um so um p is political e is economic s is social yeah 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 you got it (laughs) t is technological l is legal and e is environmental Yay, um, golf clap. Woohoo. 
Um, I mean, there's some of these corporate little acronym things that are a little bit wanky sometimes, but actually, do you know what? It's it's easy to remember. It helped me to remember all of those things. And so as much as I'm not generally a fan of corporate jargony buzzword things, things like this are sometimes quite useful, aren't they? Yeah, and I'd say like a pestle analysis and it sounds like a really, really over-engineered over thing. But actually, what, what all those things that Katie list, listed are just basically factors uh, that we need to take into consideration. So... Um, if we can keep our eye on what's going on in politics, which is why we use the B word, the Brexit word. Uh, I mean, Brexit is, if I say it's a good one, it's not like a necessarily a good thing, but it's a good uh, example because it impacts our politics. So everything down from the prime minister down to policies or laws that are being enacted. Uh, the economy, you know, Brexit is one that is going to affect the economy as well um you know society we talk about the impact this is having on society again trends in technology in the law and regulations if whether well, that's industry or the law of the land and of course environment so um you know that can be climate change it can also be sort of the more ecological factors around your business as well so the ability to scan the horizon and kind of just keep up to date with trends in, in the world but more importantly in your industry or in your your profession can help us see the writing on the wall and that's where your network can be really good and uh, there's a whole the number thing... of ways you can do it as well okay i was just going to say how, how do you do it yeah well, I was just going to say the the one thing that I would maybe add to that, but it's not as as a shiny an acronym, though, you know, PESTLEP or PEPESL. I think personal is the one thing that's missing for freelancers in that, because I think from an organizational perspective, looking at all the scanning the horizon for all of those things makes sense. But I think like internal or personal or something like that, like what you know, what's on the horizon for you as well as a as an individual or as a business? And so like, you know, Michelle, you and I have just recently moved house and th- those are changes that, you know, we could reasonably foresee happening. And I think, but like what's going on in our life? You know, like we talked about um, dealing with big life events in a previous episode. So like, you know, yeah, have, have you got, you know, this is where you can, you have to be a bit realistic. Have you got an ailing relative that's going to need some care or, or, you know, have, are you, are you pregnant? And you know, that, that's a, that's going to be a big change. And all these things that are actually going on in your own life that have as much of an impact as well as the, the kind of bigger picture outside world as well. Yeah. We were saying, yeah, the internal, the external, I think, um yeah the whole number of things going on i mean the pestle analysis is probably more to do with what's going on in the external environment yeah. so that is that is change that are going to happen to you um uh, that are probably beyond your business and your control um and there's probably th- and they're the ones that are harder to put your finger on but i still think there's ways of of going about those and then of yeah. course you're right katie you've got the internal ones as well which are changes that you initiate or things are happening within your immediate immediate social circle or family circle and they're a little easier to predict doesn't make them easier to manage but you, you can do both i think the yeah. key is to be able to to spot them i think on the external one there's probably a few things you can do i think reading newspapers is a great one but also industry magazines is a great way to yeah. see that change coming over the horizon i i read people management magazine and harvard business review they're kind of relevant to, to management development and things like that uh katie i know ipsy do some publications yeah well, so ipsy do a quarterly survey actually so that's really useful for this because they don't kind of publish their findings from it so they do a a quarterly survey called the freelancer confidence index um and that basically asks a lot of these questions so it will you know asks um freelancers do they expect brexit to have an impact on their freelance business do they expect to 
their freelance business to make more or less money do they expect things to cost more or less money um yeah you know do they expect to work more or less work whereabouts are they getting work um so, so it asks them a lot of questions that basically then reflect what people's um kind of uh not predictions exactly but what people's expectations are and what what people think were going to happen and enough obviously if enough people are thinking the same thing there's probably something worth looking at there uh, so their results is something worth looking at and they also have from the kind of political side of it from the but, but specific to freelancers um they've got um they've got a twitter account called ipsy westminster i think ipsy by the way if i haven't explained it it's the um, association for freelancers uh, so it stands for independent professionals and self-employed um so they have yeah ipsy westminster which does a lot of the stuff around the political stuff around freelancing and they have a policy newsletter that you can sign up for as well where they'll talk more about yeah the the, the legal and political implications for for freelancing um so that's that's i mean you know sometimes these things can be a bit dry so it's nice to have somebody that kind of just summarizes everything for you um in a kind of e easy bite-sized chunk like i'm going to be honest i'm not going to read the financial times even though i actually i have been featured in it um but i'm you know i'm not going to go and, and read that every week what i want is yeah someone to have read that for me and digested it so you know there's podcasts and stuff out there where people will kind of take the world events and digest them for you in a easy to understand format if you're you know not somebody who is particularly politically or economically minded yeah it's it's really useful stuff and you mentioned that katie podcast and event, people digesting it for you quite often industry webinars or events or conferences and seminars and things are really useful or even just facebook groups uh, or you know following twitter feeds can be a really great way to keep on top of this stuff and i think it's i think it you know net we've talked about networking in previous episodes that is part of freelancing but i think a lot uh, there are some people out there who are just doers you know like to crack on get their head down and just do the delivery and i suppose what we're saying here is that the essential part of being a freelancer is keeping your ear to the ground and listening to other people so if masses of reading isn't your thing then there are probably some really geeky people in your circle who love uh sticking their nose in the in everyone else's business and like getting the rumblings and the gossip before you do They're, those people are great to have in your network because like you say they can break it down i think ether from alali from Excelsis is my go-to guy for anything economic or technical he's really good at seeing what's coming over the horizon and he loves to share it on things like twitter so i always like to pick his brains when i can because and i always information. i would always trust um paul waring who i also know generally listens to this podcast he's always very learned about things and i would trust his opinion about things as well like so yeah like just like find your find your person um and and th that kind of does does the does the hard work for you <laughs> yeah because it's easy it's easy to keep to keep you know working away and think oh that change isn't going to affect me but I, I usually find like you've got the people who tell you what's coming over the horizon really early doors then there's a bit of a buzz about it and you think oh that's just a new fad you know people are talking about it and then it will go away but then there comes a point where everybody's talking about it so gdpr was one of those for me do you know what i mean it was like okay i really need to be paying attention to this now i've been told three times that it will apply to everybody really need to they really need to get on this and that was a change that was forced came over the horizon you've got to act upon and uh, things like that you know lots of people have been left behind and probably still haven't really got on board with it which is, is a bit of a risk to your business 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing to maybe like identify with, you know, how do you generally operate? Are you an early adopter of change or you know, do you wait and see what other people do before then before then kind of making the changes yourself and, and kind of know that about yourself and, and, you know, assess the risk of that and be honest with yourself as well. So, yeah, if you know that actually you're quite often sort of you know a bit a bit late to the party with adopting certain best practice or requirements or anything like that then look at how you can maybe find people to help you to do that a bit sooner if that's important to you like or if you're like oh do you know what I'm willing to take the risk and I'm quite happy to just wait and see what happens when the dust settles then you know obviously that's that's your call but I think like I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle amongst everything like I don't think I'm one of the first people to respond to change but I don't think I'm one of the last either no. um, yeah I think I'm early-ish uh, yeah you know, it's normally normally on top of things uh, but Katie you mentioned as well can you do that internally for yourself as well and the answer to that is yes you can so we're talking there about industry changes and of course forewarned is or is forearmed so if you can get your information and uh, predict the terrain changes you're not going to be knocked off your stride when they finally come of course Katie mentioned changes on a more personal level and yes of course we can prepare for those as well so some things you know you mentioned like getting pregnant on purpose Katie a person might know if they're going to recover quite maternity leave some people but they do normally get they normally get about nine months notice or or i guess probably seven months no seven or eight months notice like realistically if they they don't find out if it is a surprise but you know you get a bit of notice normally unless you're one of those people that doesn't know they're pregnant until the baby pops out but um, let's just say that they're in the minority so so yeah you still get a bit of notice before the baby actually arrives so there's a bit of warning there (laughs) <laughs> yeah so uh and, and so there's there's certain change within yourself that well you know like katie said if a family member is getting older is going to need a bit more assistance or if you're going to have to you know family members i know suffering poor mental health you're going to need to be there for them you can pick these things up i don't want to chuck too many models at people but there is uh you know we talked katie and i were chatting about a swot analysis now you've probably come across this if you haven't um I, i'm not going to go into the, the details of swot it stands for strengths weaknesses opportunity and threats but i think there's two categories here i think there's changes there's certain things we can prepare for change and i think one of these is just knowing yourself so to really know your strengths and your weaknesses so what your your usps or your usbs your unique uh, or your, sorry your unique selling points <laughs> or your ubps your unique buying points however you want to phrase it <laughs> one of those it's really useful to know those and to know yourself i mean katie well, how do you think that knowing yourself can help you prepare for change how, how do you use that because i think you're quite good at this yeah I think I I think it comes back to again being honest with yourself and so like I'm I am a planner so I like to try and predict how you know I I I like I like to kind of work out what I'm going to do when in advance and know where I'm going to be and and kind of have have a kind of uh, it might not have it might not be kind of down to all the detail and everything but to have like a three-month plan or a six-month plan um and i like to you know plan my days and you should see me when i'm planning a holiday i'm basically a ninja um and so for me actually i know that dealing with change is quite hard so um I, you know i'm probably like one of those people that we talked about at the beginning that freaks out when there's a change but then actually after the fact i'm like oh that wasn't so bad what was I worrying about? But then, this, you know, the next time it's changed. I'm like, oh. So I, I know that I, I need to kind of almost 
plan for change. So if I'm, you know, if I'm planning something, I almost need a bit of a buffer there to be able to handle the fact that there probably is going to be changes to that plan. So I think knowing yourself and how you respond to change is really helpful um, because I'm not saying I've nailed it. I definitely haven't. But I think like, for example, just learning from your, from your mistakes and learning from things. So like, um, like a, a just a really practical example. So when we moved into the rental house, I took a couple of weeks off work and um, I hadn't really clocked that that might then mean that there was no money coming in a bit further down the line so like because I'd had holidays before but I guess I'd kind of worked a little bit during the holidays and just kept stuff moving whereas I just literally had two weeks completely off and so um I think now I know right okay if I'm going to do something like that again then I need to prepare for it um but then I'll also make the relevant changes so that my kind of schedule isn't as disrupted so I think I probably might try and just do like half days or something like that rather than rather than trying to kind of be all or nothing and so because I know that I suppose when I'm talking about change in this sense I'm talking about kind of disruption to my schedule um and so just kind of anticipating what might go wrong and how I'm going to deal with it is probably how I do a lot of change management yeah um, I mean, that was something that like, there's a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And in that he talks about a study that they did with, and I think I probably mentioned this on the dealing with life changes um, episode. He did a study where patients had, I think like hip replacements or something. And one of the things that's really important after you have that operation is to keep moving, but it's really painful. So a lot of the patients don't do it. And so they had three groups. They had the first group, um, was just the control group. They were just kind of left to follow, you know, the normal procedures afterwards. The second group had to um, write down what they were going to do to keep moving. And then the third group had to write down what they were going to do to keep moving and what they were going to do to overcome any problems that they were anticipating because of the pain, basically. And so the third group just they, they did much better effectively. They they um they 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 so like one guy said, right, I'm gonna walk to the bus stop to meet my wife and even when it hurts, I'm gonna picture my wife's face smiling at me as she gets off the bus and that's gonna motivate me to go forwards. So they they kind of anticipated what might happen um and what might be a potential hurdle for them and then took the relevant action to kind of motivate themselves to keep going so I think that's the thing with change is to say like okay say we you know an an external circumstance or something say something happens and yeah it doesn't you know for whatever reason you can't control it you can still work out a few different possible outcomes and so I think that's when knowing how I deal with it and planning for it yeah scenario planning they call it don't you when you forecast different outcomes in the future and then you kind of even if you don't physically put stuff in place which is ideal but even you can do that mentally and emotionally just to 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 prepare for that as well as doing the practical preparation as well the other thing i think i do my about you katie you do i think you that's kind of like knowing 
perhaps weaknesses but I think you're also quite good at knowing your strengths or you know what your unique selling points are so for me one of yours is like the relationship you have with your clients and I think that's a really important one and actually one of the things that's really important to know is actually where what strengths can you le- leverage when change comes around the corner so this inventory whether you do a SWOT analysis or whatever of knowing what your strengths are I think you're quite good at that Katie you're quite good at knowing um yeah the things that you can really work on or always turn to when when the unexpected happens I think yeah I think that's a really good point actually because it's it's not necessarily just the negative aspects of change either it's it's how to capitalize on the good bits of change and and everything so um yeah I think I do try and stay um aware of yeah the the ways that I can make the most of change and as well yeah 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 what about you what how do you deal with change and and manage change like you say it's good to know your strengths your strengths and and your weaknesses so a bit a bit like yourself katie i i i prefer to work on a more relationship basis than than purely a transactional transactional basis so if you have good relationships with your clients for example that's a strength you can leverage so i don't know what's going to um come up over the horizon but let's say the landscape changes those pestle factors we talk about the economy changes technology changes society change, the industry changes my clients needs are going to change but because i have that relationship and i do get to know them and their business i can come up with new products which solve their problems or if i can come up with ways to make their money or to save them money which someone who deals in a more transactional basis is which is you know just doing the numbers game and um, there's there's advantage to their business model, but they probably can't deal with that or be proactive in that as I can, given the way that I work. So it's a good op- a good example of knowing your strengths and where the opportunities lie. Um, but equally, yeah, like I say, you've got to know your weaknesses. And um, you, you know, um, I, I'm probably not I'm, I'm not a massive fan of marketing. So if I were to say I don't know, launch a new product to change with the market, which I'd be quite good at doing, or coming up with novel solutions, I might need to you know collaborate with someone else or work with people who have that reach that I just don't have so that's where like in a SWOT analysis if you're going to look that up SWOT it's this is where you start to spot your opportunities and threats so given your strengths given your weaknesses where are the opportunities as Katie was describing you know to really leverage those and to make the most of a situation but of course where are the threats as well if you've got some weaknesses or there's things happening in the industry what is going to come over the horizon that might disrupt things and and knowing your self and knowing those opportunities and threats can really help as well yeah you're so right because actually like you were saying like I think both of us feel quite similar about marketing and so I'm you know I'm I'm wanting to do a um a Squarespace training course and I know that I'm not going to be very good at marketing it myself so I'm going to be doing it through a platform called Skillshare which is like it's kind of like Netflix for learning so you pay a monthly subscription there is a fee version as well you pay a monthly subscription then you can access all kinds of training courses about all kinds of things um, and so so I was kind of anticipating that and so then dealing with it and then Squarespace um, have now released or they're testing um, a slightly updated new version of Squarespace. And so um, I get a bit of advance notice when there's features like that happening, but not like a ton. Um, and so now it's kind of that, okay, well, now I know that that's happening. I'm going to still go ahead and, and do the original training course I planned, but actually I, I know now there's an opportunity for me to then do 
basically the same course, but on the on the sort of new updated platform. So at the moment when you start a trial, you might end up on either one of them. Um, and so it's it's that kind of weighing up how, at what point do I do it? So uh, do I wait until they've, it's settled down because I think they're probably still going to make some changes at this stage because they're still testing it. So it's, but, but I also want to have, I want, I want to take advantage of the opportunity to be one of the first people to do a training course on this new version of Squarespace because then obviously that will work in my favor. So so that's that's one of one practical example of how I'm sort of looking at at change that's external to me that's sort of been like foisted upon me a little bit but that I'm taking advantage of rather than going oh well there's no point in recording any training course because it's changing it's like no okay let's let me go ahead with this other one because this old version of the platform is still going to be supported and it's still going to be available and let's also look at the opportunity for the new one as well yeah this is a really good example and actually particularly relevant to freelancers katie because um you know we know a lot of people whose businesses rely on certain platforms so instagram for example i know i've heard horror stories recently of people being locked out of their business accounts and losing thousands of followers whenever an algorithm changes you know you run yeah. your business on squarespace i said to you you know a couple of years ago oh well, what if squarespace go bust or whatever and like you say there's there's opportunities and there's threats and and i think sometimes just taking that step back doing that horizon scanning you can see what changes come around the corner and and just pair for the what ifs so know what you've got to offer and how you can capitalize on it rather than being caught off guard and you know somebody making a technological change and you losing a chunk of your business that's 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 yeah actually i think our friend katia who does instagram training she she made a really she did a really good example of you were saying about the instagram algorithm changes um she did a really good example of kind of using that to her advantage so she she noticed that yeah a lot of people had been talking about it so she did a a newsletter and a little blog post about uh, i think called like um stuff the algorithm how to how to fall back in love with instagram and and engage with it more or something like that um and she just got she got loads of really positive responses from that because other people had been feeling really negative about Instagram and she helped them to kind of reframe it and actually provide them with ways to still use Instagram for the business and get quite a lot out of it despite the algorithm changes so I think if you can be the person so not only can you kind of anticipate change and take advantage of it for yourself if you can be the person that actually helps to almost hold a mirror up to other people and help helps them to work out how to feel positive about change that can be really effective as well yeah and you mentioned embracing the change uh, Katie and I think that's a really important aspect to to managing change and I, and I think that's worth uh, uh, picking up on now um you know getting to that point where you're embracing the change and capitalizing on it, it it's a bit of a journey and one of the things I was chatting to Katie about before is that the change curve so it was originally created by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross to help people deal with bereavement actually to to, to cope with that kind of a, a massive change in that sense but actually that curve is quite useful for understanding um when you're going for a, a change yourself and, um, and there's many versions of this curve people have sort of um described this emotional plotted on the graph this kind of emotional roller coaster you go through when when experiencing a change and many people have done different versions of this so you may see different words being used you know if you're typing 
change curve to the, to Google, you may see different versions of it. But essentially, it's just des- describing this emotional roller coaster, and it's quite useful to be aware of that because I think whenever we are presented with a change, particularly one that we have not personally chosen for chosen or one that's been thrust upon us, it's worth knowing that we do go through those emotions, and that that's actually quite normal. And so the kind of emotions typically that you find on these change curves or representations of it the first one is denial and i think casey i mentioned gd gdpr earlier denial was great there people were saying oh well you know that won't apply to me or they're talking about it but will never happen or you know or instagram's algorithm it's never going to lock me out and kick me out it's just people who break the rules so you you see it don't you that that denial yeah i think you know brexit is another classic example of of you know the 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 denial or the hope (laughs) for denial we'll be fine nothing's going to change and so we everybody starts oh it'll never go through yeah exactly it's not going to impact me so denial is quite natural and as freelancers like i say if we're in the day-to-day then there's always this chance that we're going to just be so busy delivering we we kind of we we keep our head in the sand and we don't really go into this stuff the kind of next stage you normally get something like anger so normally people get quite resistant to the change like it's okay to say oh well brexit can't happen they're not going to do this to me or you know change comes in well they can't take away my business how can they do that and you get this questioning the subversiveness this kind of getting outraged about it um and then so your mood takes quite a down downturn and then kind of in this change curve there's normally a dip and some people call that kind of depression or kind of resignation so you kind of get to this point where you're feeling a bit down in the dumps you've kind of accepted that things are going to change and you're feeling pretty hacked off about it so you probably feel a little bit like a hostage like well you know it's going to happen now what can i do this is this is you know this is just it's just going to happen but then the other side of that curve is 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 kind of this is where the new horizon comes in what you'll start to notice is this uh, feeling of exploration people trying the idea on for size so asking a lot of questions thinking ooh, how could this work for me what if i were to do this well if i can't do that anymore what about this or now that i've got that new opportunity how can i exploit it so katie you were talking about squarespace changing the um, the, the way that you use it well actually that's where and you start to explore well, okay well what could I do with this new platform what opportunities are there and then finally you kind of get to the acceptance stage where you're like you fully embrace it you're up and running and you're going with it now the reason why it's useful to know about that curve is firstly to understand that it's natural so recognize where you are on that curve if you're in denial and you think that it's not going to apply to you or if you're in anger and you're, you're busy fighting it but you're not actually doing with it it might be useful to spot um when you're in denial when you're in anger and um maybe perhaps catch yourself in the act and um you know shift get yourself to shift where you embrace it so katie i mentioned um i probably know when i'm in denial when i everyone else is talking about it and i haven't caught up on it i don't know any any particular things that would tell you that you're kind of ignoring a problem or that you're just resisting it rather than rather than doing something about it yeah, I think it, when I kind of hide from stuff, definitely like um, if if kind of it's it's that if people are if if a lot of people are saying something I don't want to hear, and then I sort of distance myself from people, or you know take a step back from from wherever that conversation is taking place because it's that yeah yeah you don't you don't want to hear it, uh, and you, know, you don't want to know. And I think also like I, I mean I think some of these things can happen in really quick succession. Like I feel like sometimes I go through this change curve in minutes. Um, you know, it doesn't always, it's not always like a long drawn out process. I no. kind of 
like go go through all of this really quickly where I'll just be like, no, no, ah, no, no, uh, yes, okay, well, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, fine, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. You know, like, like almost like kind of just going through that whole whole curve. Um, what, what I've learned is actually, again, to know myself and to tell the, a lot of the people that I work with, um, you know, I did this where I used to work, I say to my boss and I say to my colleagues, look, I don't deal very well with change um, in the short term, but I'm fine with it. What you need, to, if you tell me something, I probably will, if you change something, you know, radically, I probably will freak out initially. Just let me do it. Give me two minutes and then come and have a chat with me and I'll be fine. And I just, I'm actually just telling those people that I just need that time to process the information and I guess go through the change curve makes a massive difference because I think otherwise you can if you if you don't recognize that you know if you're somebody that that also kind of has that similar experience if you don't recognize it then it can get very confrontational when you're in the first especially in the first two stages if if people are trying to help you move through that change and you don't want to if you're stuck in the denial and in the anger stages and then people are trying to force you out of that, then I think it can be, it, you know, it can seem, it can seem, yeah, it can seem confronting, it can lead to arguments. And, and actually I'm almost, I, I've always thought, do you know what? I don't, I don't even, I don't even actually feel that way. I just need to process it. It's not, it's not my kind of final view on this matter. It's just, I haven't formed my view, but I'm I'm sort of in in the kind of process of forming it, and yet so I can't have this conversation with you right now. I need to have it with you once I've had a time bit of time to kind of get my head around this because I'm a really creative problem solver, and so actually when people come to me with change, the end result is often really really good because I you know especially if it is something which is a barrier I'm really good at working my way around it but it takes time and it's a process so I think helping people to understand how you process change because everyone will deal with it slightly differently yeah can be really helpful so they know not to waste their energy trying to argue with you when they just need to wait a couple of minutes or however long that might be for you yeah, you're absolutely right, Katie. That's a really good example of yeah, recognizing yourself on that curve, but also managing yourself through the curve as well. So it's good to be able to spot how you go through it and what you look like or what you say or what you do when you go through it. And then the other one, yeah, of course, is helping yourself move through a bit quicker. So once you know it, recognize it and move through it and, and do whatever you need to do. And so try and get to that expiration stage, you know, allow yourself the anger and the denial, but then also try and get yourself to the expiration phase. So try those ideas on for size, explore test them hang around with people that are going to challenge you and you know allow you to explore it in a safe space and Katie you're so right that doesn't have to be a long process it could be in minutes and it could be positive as well like someone offered to pay me more money or a much higher rate for a piece of work that I'd done previously and they offered me the same work again on a higher rate and I went for that change curve even just a few seconds I was like no that can't be right well, this isn't how it normally happens. Oh, well, I mean, if you insist. Um, okay, so how does that work? What do you what what do you expect from me in return? Okay, great. Yeah, sure, pay me more. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was the conversation <laughs> in about thirty seconds. Um, so it happens both ways, but it's good to help yourself along and, and like I say, get to that expiration and acceptance part. Uh, after so after you've done about... the dip, yeah, yeah. So I think like I think I think you mentioned as well that you know having somebody else that can help you through that change is really useful. But how do you, how do we do it like the other way around? So how, if, if, 
if you're instigating the change, how do you help other people deal with it? How do you bring people along with you if you're changing? Yeah, that's a good or question. Or creating a change. It's a good question because sometimes, if, even if we recognise thing, things need to change, we act accordingly, we make tweaks, but then we might need to convince our clients or our customers or our families that this is why things need to be the way they are. I think a, a really good um, way you can do this if, if to, to help bring people through them uh, through on this thought process is to consider what I kind of call the burning platform and the inspiring vision so there are two things that pretty much motivate people to change um one of them is to is to kind of the away from motivation okay so and the other one is the towards motivation so it's pain and pleasure you need to create lots of pain around the uh, current situation and create a really warm fuzzy feeling towards the the change that you're going to make so there's the two things i would say is two things to communicate to people one the burning platform and that is the reason why you have to change now this the burning platform is a phrase that i've used i realize it might be one of those hr terms or business terms jargon terms people use it's a true story by the way i don't know if i've ever explained this but there was a man who woke up on a burning north sea oil rig he was literally standing on a burning platform the oil rig had caught fire and so he managed to get to the top of the platform with the, and then he'd worked his way out to the edge but he was being chased by the fire which you can imagine on an oil rig is pretty big and he got to the edge of the, of the platform and he was now faced with a choice he could either stay on the platform and, and, and face certain death being beat, overcome by the flames or he can make the 60 foot drop into the North Sea which even if his bones survived the impact of the jump um, he would only have about 15 minutes in the water to be rescued otherwise he was likely to suffer from hypothermia or almost certainly drowned and the reason why people say create a burning platform is to help people understand that as a as a undesirable as jumping in that water and making the leap was standing on that platform was going to be infinitely worse so this is something we can do to bring people with us so if you explain this to a client explain that create a sense of urgency explain why things cannot stay as they are because as he was standing on that platform he was okay he was stood on a platform you know he wasn't in any immediate danger but he knew if he stayed where he was, things were not going to be good. And of course, this is true in business as well. The customer or client might seem happy at the moment, but if things don't change, either your business is not going to be sustainable or you can't deliver the same level of service, so on and so forth. Of course, don't just put the wind up someone or scare the hell out of them. Then you also need to give an inspiring vision. So as well as getting people away from the status quo, we can bring them with us by showing them how the future will be better. So if you think about Martin Luther King, it was very emotive. You know, he really got to people's emotions. He said, I have a dream. He didn't say I have a five point plan. He talked to, you know, he really created imagery about a world where children of different I've done colors. a SWOT analysis. Yeah, I've got, I've got a five-year strategy and uh, we're all on my mission statement. He talked about children, you know, sitting side by side. So these are both quite emotional things. So we've got to create the why, the purpose, the, the thing we're moving towards, which is going to feel nice and warm and fuzzy. And this is where we're speaking to people's emotions because we said at the beginning, change is an emotional thing. It normally creates resistance. It's normally met with scepticism or fear in some cases. So being able to speak to people's emotions and, you know, the, the, the benefits, the, the pain or the pleasure for them is the thing that's going to bring them with us. So we can do that gently. We can do it harshly, but bringing people with us, showing the benefits and, um, you know, do, doing both those things should help people do it. You can do that to yourself as, as well, of course. You know, you can uh, create your own burning platform if you're not 
moving quick enough I suppose if you're not getting your, your act together yeah 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 get yourself on board with the change and create your own inspiring vision as well um, yeah that's a really good point actually yeah actually kind of remind yourself what the risks are of yeah staying put and not changing and what the opportunities are and yeah that's a really nice way of saying it I've heard that as a um, I've heard that as a technique as well you know there was a technique I think one of it might be one of David Rock's books is if you're struggling to get motivated one of the things you could do is just take a few seconds shut your eyes and visualize the natural conclusion of where you're going so visualize getting told off visualize losing business visualize that conversation you're going to have with that client evoke those emotions and then get your backside in gear you can do that both ways yeah yeah and I really liked what you said Michelle about showing the benefits so I think a lot of the time people feel like they're just being preached to or almost sold to with a lot of things Uh, and then that puts people in a very kind of defensive place and so actually showing the benefits with the inspiring vision rather than telling them what to do actually say look hey this is how I've benefited from it or this is how these other people have benefited from it it's much more inspiring than you need to do this because you're a bad person if you don't. You know, like if you look at all the environmental stuff that's happening at the moment, you know, like there's been so much kind of, I would say almost, yeah, kind of, there's been, there's too much, there's been too much burning platform without inspiring vision with the environmental stuff. Um, so say take like, you know, two ends of the age scale, like, you know, David Attenborough and all the the planet earth stuff he's done a really good example of showing people the burning platform it like literally at the moment if the amazon fires are still going um uh, but he also does provide the inspiring vision because he shows how you know how important the natural world is and then someone like greta thunberg who again is kind of highlighting it but in a way that's like she's she's showing how to make the difference she's not just saying oh you guys like carbon is bad carbon emissions are bad like she she's just you know she's showing that that you can do things in another way she's being really creative with you know how she's obviously traveling to the u.s on the solar powered sailboat like she's really like living up to her values and what she's preaching and I think as as freelancers talking to clients we can do that too we can we can show we can show the benefits of what we're doing either by you know using other clients or just ourselves as well and and rather than saying you know like like you can you can you can say to somebody so take take my you know take Squarespace for example yeah, the burning platform for a lot of my clients is that they've maybe got a website that isn't mobile friendly um, and or they can't update it themselves. So that's the that's the burning platform. But I would, but I think a lot of the time they, they're kind of aware of the burning platform themselves. They're just not sure how, they're in that place of, yeah, but what are my options? How do I, how do I know what the right decision is? And I think, yeah, helping people along yeah to make that decision is where we come in as freelancers to sort of paint that picture of how they can 
get out of that burning platform yeah and you mentioned showing people the way and i think you're right katie if you're into your change management models the change equation one of the factors is the first one is getting people to want to change the second factor is the easily recognizable first steps so even when people want to you've got to show them how how to get started even if you don't give them the whole solution just pick one or two easy steps that they could take right now just to get that ball rolling and the easier you can make that way forward for people you might give them the big vision but but if you can then say well here's the starting point you have to solve the whole problem here's just the first step that we take then you can do it it's like say quite often people want to change or know there's an issue but that you need to help them get started and the easier you can make that the more likely you're going to be successful and I think as well like if you can anticipate what questions or concerns people might have with the change because normally change does bring worry and how will it be different what will happen to me how will it work like that that is you know it can be a worrying time for people so if you can help to hold people's hands and help to to answer their questions preemptively um you know just to say actually like okay this is how it works and and you know yeah okay like this is the best way to enter the water and this is this is the best way to to sort of prevent yourself from getting hypothermia in the north sea and um you know yes it's going to feel cold but you'll be okay and yeah. um uh so i think showing people and helping people and to, those, those... I, I think acknowledging that they're worried i think sometimes we when when we we've been doing something for quite a long time we forget how worrying it is for the people to change and so i think acknowledging that it's hard and congratulating them on making that change yeah. can make a big difference too and quite often we're much further in that thought process because we've been thinking about it for longer and we forget that other people have to go for that change code they have to go through that thought pro- process too and they're not in the same place along that curve as we are and katie you mentioned questions there and you're right i think the other mistake people make is when when change kick throws up these questions people mistake that those questions for subversiveness or challenge or or undermining and actually when people ask questions about a change they're not having a go at you they're not saying the change is bad they're not um they're not criticizing and i think we can take that quite personally recognize when people ask those questions they're exploring an idea or they're reacting to an idea or they're trying the idea on site and they're trying to make it work and with the way they verbalize it it may not come across as being curiosity that's because there's quite a lot of emotion mixed in. But just because someone's questioning your the changes you're making in your business or the way you do things, they're not telling you that it's bad. That's just have, having a natural reaction, but they're also trying to understand it. So see it as a positive, not a negative, that people are questioning your changes. Yeah. And I actually even sometimes I'm quite upfront about how I'm reacting as well. So like if, if I'm feeling in that kind of defensive state, I might say to somebody, okay, just so you know, I know this isn't how you're intending it, this is my own stuff that I'm bringing into this, but I'm feeling a bit defensive or, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing your question as a bit of an attack, even though I know that's not how you're meaning it. So if I seem defensive, just again, that kind of bear with me. Can we talk about this a little bit more so I can see where you're coming from? Because at the moment I'm feeling a bit, Ugh, but I'm sure that's not how you're actually intending it. So can we just unpick it a little bit more? or something like that because that yeah. I find quite helps and obviously you need to decide who it's appropriate to have that kind of conversation with and you might not always want to be quite so upfront about it but, no, but like, in some to, cases you, I find that helps me you don't have to be emotional about it either like I mean for me I probably no, exactly. if, if you don't do that I, what I would probably do is just say look this this information is new for me I think I'm just having a reaction to it right now 
can you give me a bit of time to digest it? And maybe I'll come back when I've had a chance to get my head around it. And I think just creating that space for yourself can can yeah. put a bit of distance. And like you say, go through that curve. It might be an hour. You might say, look, can we reconvene in an hour? And uh, let me let me take this on board and then we'll, we'll come back and yeah, let's crack on. So I think that's a good tip. Yeah. So we've talked about quite a different, um, a few different kind of, aspects of change michelle have you got have you one particular takeaway or, or one particular piece of advice that you'd give to people around dealing with change as a freelancer what's that the one thing you'd say i think for, for me i think in terms of adjusting or coping with change i'd say just recognize where you are on the train change curve just that self-awareness know how you react when know know the telltale signs when you're in denial and when you're resisting something that's inevitable and just catch yourself sticking your head in the sand and then you know just create a space for you to explore and react to the change in a more more measured way to help you get through that curve a bit quicker i think that self-awareness that self-knowledge that self-management is the thing that makes change tricky but it's also where the opportunities come from too what about you katie I think I'd say, whilst obviously it's great to be able to manage change and help yourself through that process all by yourself, if you are struggling, then get somebody else that can help you. So like get a coach or have a mentor or trust a group of friends. And if you feel like you can't say to a client that you're struggling with some change or you can't say in certain circumstances, you know, if, if there's someone where you can't say it to, find people that you can be a bit more open with and say, look, I'm really struggling with this change like I can only see the negative and I can't seem to kind of progress to the, to the, you know, acceptance and exploration stages. Um, can you guys help me to kind of work through this? And I think that can really help to have people that can support you through that process. Yeah, I, I like that. And like you say, Katie, like I, I know I, I catch myself doing it. I've said it in the past with people before. It's like, I know I'm asking a lot of questions here and it may seem like I'm being negative. I'm really not. I just really need to understand. And when you ask people, they're normally like, because I can see the benefits. I'm just not quite there. And ask, phrase it as a, a plea for help. People are usually quite positive. So that's a good tip that does does work, gets good results. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've obviously yeah, covered quite a lot of ground in this one and as usual we'd love to hear from you and how you guys deal with change so have you managed to overcome a big change or have you got a change on the horizon that you're not sure how to deal with we'd love to hear what you think about change did you, did you turn a bad a... change into an opportunity i would love to hear that yes one. Yeah, yeah that would be a really good one yeah how you've flipped it around um and speaking of change we now have a, a an official twitter handle for the podcast so we're now at 99 problems cast so n the number 99 problems and then cast as in podcasts on twitter so you can share your ideas with us there and follow us there to catch up on all future episodes and of course you can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can get all future episodes and so we'd also love to hear anything around ideas that you'd like for future problems that we can tackle on the episodes. We're obviously uh, episode 37 right now. So we're kind of more than a third of the way through. We've still got a ton of problems, but we'd like to make them really relevant to you guys. So let us know if there's any particular problems you'd like us to tackle. And in the meantime, we shall see you next time for an episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One. <laughs>